0: Welcome to this episode of Kindle County Connections podcast. I'm your host, Aubrey Walker. I work with the San Antonio Council on Alcohol and Drug Awareness, or SACADA. I'm the coalition coordinator for Kindle County. The purpose of this podcast is to educate, promote awareness of resources for Kindle County, and to connect people. I've lived in Kindle County most of my life, and I have a passion for this county. I hope you find this podcast helpful, and thank you for listening.
1: Today, we're going to talk with
0: Blythe Zamel, and
1: I do apologize, guys, because apparently pregnancy brain is a real thing for me right now, and so I'm, you know, just bear with me. Um, So she is the founding president of Girl with Grit. So thank you for joining us today and all of the stutters that I've had <laughs> so far in this episode. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having us.
2: Um, yes. we like really appreciate the opportunity to talk about our organization
1: and um working with you guys.
0: Yes,
1: absolutely. Yeah, so this inter- this interview will be a little bit different, guys, um, for all my listeners. Uh, so we actually are my my organization, Sakata. We're we're actually collaborating with Girl with Grit, and so you're going to learn about you know the project that we're working that we're currently working on putting together um, it, it, later on in the episode. So, first question is is always my favorite. Um, what has been your most enjoyable job so far, and how old were you? Well,
2: this is a tough question because I am currently in my most enjoyable job, um, partly because I founded it. So it's kind of my, my vision of something. Um, but working with kids has always been a huge passion of mine. Um, but actually even working with like shelter animals was a huge passion Mm -hmm. of mine. So I feel like I've always kind of gravitated towards, um, people and things that maybe are just generally misunderstood, um, or maybe need some help or a little extra love and care. Um, so, you know, whether it's been like a creative soul with a lot Mm -hmm. going on or a developmentally delayed adult, um, that deserves to socialize and, and have skills and get art classes. And um, I just like to work with anybody who I feel like there's kind of not a place for them to go. Um, so what I do today, I get to touch them all. Um, I work with all the populations that I feel like need a little bit more than we're giving them.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and so it it's really enjoyable. Um, it's a huge passion of mine. I love giving people a place to fit in who maybe they don't necessarily feel like they fit in everywhere. Um, because a route to happiness is having a community, um, no matter how that looks. And sometimes your community might look a little different. Um, and so that's part of the, the huge passion that I have in, in Girl with Grit and developing a makerspace in Kendall County is providing opportunities to people who might not have them here.
1: That's wonderful. I, I'm so excited to learn, you know, for the listeners to learn all about Girl with Grit. Um, that that it's, I don't know if it's like, you know, just the pregnancy hormones or whatever, but it just makes me tear up. It's so amazing to hear about what y'all, what all you guys do. Um, So, and you kind of talked about this, um, but what is your role in Kendall County and what are you passionate about right now?
2: Okay, so I um, started Girl with Grit program um, because I'm an art teacher. So my background is, you know, I have a degree in art history and studio art and went back and and got my alternative certification in EC through 12 art. Um, And I started teaching art. I was did not really go into the public sector. I started in the public sector, but I really became interested in kids who wanted to be in art classes or wanted, they wanted, they had a different push for creativity because um, I like to call myself more of a creativity teacher than an art teacher because I will teach you to create with anything. It does not matter yeah. what you give me. And that's really where the makerspace, that ideology has taken hold in education is it's not just visual artists. I mean, there are drives to make um, that are beyond um, artists. They're just creative kids who want to build Legos. Um, but I was working with kids, teenage girls in particular, they tend to dominate art classes a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't seen this massive gap um, in skills with girls' clothes. And what I meant was when I would talk to them about driving, a large amount did not know how to change a flat tire. Um, Mm -hmm. And as an art teacher, you're constantly dealing with, with noticing fine motor skills. You're dealing actually with power tools and knowledge that, you know, you spend a lot of time in Home Depot. Um, And I saw just this gap and I felt like, you know, why haven't we done better for our daughters and close this gap? Because we're not really teaching them to be self-sufficient and independent if they don't know how to change a flat tire, or if they don't need, if they don't know that they need to go get their oil changed or if they can't run a lawnmower um like it's just the reality like they need to be able to take care of themselves so the program kind of launched out of that um and i have always been one to really know that that if you want to resonate with kids and you want to build rapport you have to make it cool and you have to make it impressive like you can't go and be like hey i'm going to take you out to the parking lot real quick Um, and I, I have often felt that I get away with more with kids because I do have a lot of tattoos. I dress kind of (laughs) funny, but I'm going to tell you what your mom tells you. And for whatever reason, you know, like I'm not their mom. So they listen a little bit better to me. (laughs) Um, So in, in all of this time, I have my own mentors. I built my own community of older people, um, that are a little bit older than me who are, showing me the ropes, one of them, um, used to run soda pops here, Stacy Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also connected with a man named Mel Ellenwood senior, who through his grandson, I was teaching his grandson art and I found a 1934 Chevy truck that he had basically hauled all over the country in his garage. Um, and asked him if he'd be willing to let kids work on it. So we went back and forth and, and it was like crazy. Cause here's an art teacher approaching him for a truck that needs to be completely restored. And he has car guys who are also approaching him, but he picks me. So I took the truck and I took a group of 18 girls and um, out we i had put stuff on social media and had worked a little bit in the auto industry so had some connections and i had been developing a line of female safety glasses called safety sasses. like i'd pulled the patent <laughs> i love it and was really launching those out to the marketplace when covid hit well i put this truck concept out there and we were lucky enough to to get some people like talented women come down um we had a lady come from a show on Toymakers. Um, It's a garage out in North Carolina and she helped the girls pull the engine out because basically we were going to have to take this whole truck apart to put (laughs) it back together. And in that, it's like a massive Lego project. They're learning about that engines come out of cars. They're learning about the tires, like how to take the tires off, how to do this, how to do that. Um, And so... We've been very passionate about that project in particular because as it's evolved over the year, we've had more and more kids coming in and learning things and working on it. And then we'll turn around and teach them how to change a tire on a Honda. And they're like invested. Um, And so that is what we've been like just super, super passionate about right now. As the program took that turn, all of a sudden we got all these boys who were like, no, 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 you're not going to be teaching girls all this stuff, even though it's very visual arts-based, too. But you're not going to be dragging a 1934 truck out of comfort without us involved. So now our program really has gone co-ed. In many ways, we're have we naming the facility Come and Make It. We pulled out the the name for that so that they don't have to come in and have girl over their head. (laughs) all the time. But in that, what it taught me um, with this vision to empower women, it taught me that boys needed to be empowered as well. And what it also Mm -hmm. taught me was the problem I had 20 years ago was people were not teaching me things because I was a girl. So how was Mm -hmm. I going to turn around and do the exact same thing to these young men? Um, And so from there, my passion has really been about creating a makerspace in Bernie and in Kendall County. And it's not something that is unique to me. And there are so many educational studies and therapeutic studies about environments where kids come in and they create. And Mm -hmm. the track has become, it's actually the project that Cicada is uh, Mm -hmm. is partnering with us on um, because it's really become this like kind of beautiful community project. And we'll have the kids, we just moved it onto Main Street in Bernie in the Historical District. And one of the best things about it is the kids will be out there working and they're just like innocently working, cleaning. And I'll see yeah. like old couples stop um, pull over and they just watch, they'll take pictures. Yeah. And it's like, just, it's kind of like this beautiful thing, the way that it's come together. And I think some of my favorite part is sometimes if you look at the kids in the program, they might be the kids you judge. They really Mm -hmm. might. Like, they're the kids who, like, wear the black lipstick. They're the kids who have the blue hair. Like, and it, but these kids are, like, good kids. And they are Mm -hmm. working hard. And they're invested. and, And it keeps them invested. Because one of the things that I really believe is sometimes you just need something to do like Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean it has to be some grand idea. It just means like you need to go be part of something. You need to go be part of somewhere that you feel accepted. Um, But I think it also teaches uh, this particular project, the truck project that we're so passionate about, it teaches kids also to respect their elders because they have to take instruction from people who are older than them. And respect their history. Like it's not Mm -hmm. all about technology and screens, you know, like we came from something and it's our job to keep restore it and keep it Mm -hmm. part of our history. And so that's why I think it's really cool to see them working on something that's almost a hundred years old and that we trust them to do it and not to mess it up. That's the other big thing. And kids yeah. need to be trusted. And we have—I will have the people come into the makerspace, and they say, you know, wow, you really trust these kids, like with all <laughs> that fear. And the reality is, that's what you need. Um, and yeah. kids have to feel trusted and like you're confident in them to yeah. actually be good and do the right thing. And if you set yeah. them up in this whole paranoid, you're going to steal from me, or you're going to take or break something, yeah. then. You're setting them up to, to not even want to engage with adults because they just what's the point?
1: Right, exactly. That sounds like an amazing like community engagement project. So it's not, you know, kind of like you were explaining, it's not just, you know, the kids that are there doing it. It's, you know, you have these older, you have anybody, you know, walking yeah. by, driving by, watching and 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 maybe, you know, I'm sure people stop and ask questions. What is this? What do you guys do? And um, you know, then that and then that way, you know, the kids can take ownership with it and they can say, Oh, well, this is what we're doing. You know, we're we're working on this truck. This is what this and is the organization and all that.
2: The other thing is that sometimes I feel like kids get kind of a bum rap. Like to be mm-hmm. honest with you, like they do work hard, but sometimes it's not what you're paying attention to. And that's the kid I was growing up. I was a kid who struggled. I was dyslexic. I mm-hmm was totally ADHD off the charts. Like there was no box to put me in. And Mm -hmm. so I went through life feeling like a failure, like really like, however, I also was super creative and super like you can hand me anything, any machine, any tool, and I could learn it, but nobody Mm -hmm. could tap into that because Mm -hmm. they were too focused on where I was failing. So sometimes you have to take a child and not focus on that. You have to focus on, where I might not be able to grow you in academics. Maybe that's not your strong point, but where can we grow you and make you feel good? And the thing is, the school, especially in Bernie, they give a lot to kids. Mm -hmm. They do, but sometimes if you're already failing in an environment, it's really hard to feel good in that environment. You need another environment to go. Um, And there's so many studies talking about collective environments like these, how it helps like their mental health too. Mm -hmm. Because when you feel like an oddball, like in a group of everybody who's in the box, if you put a bunch of oddballs together, like our brain, a lot of these kids, like I wanna say it's like 70% have like some Mm -hmm. kind of learning difference that Mm -hmm. I, I work with. So, but our brains all function the same. And all of a sudden you realize, well, you know, there really is no norm. Why? Like, because we're still all functioning and doing well and making it. And these kids have succeeded. I mean, they're off in college, like a lot of them who, who I saw, you know, started like early in high school with me. They're not, they're all going places. Mm-hmm. And so, but
1: it just might look different than what we expect sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So <clears throat> kind of a follow up question, and, and you kind of spoke on this a little bit, but why are you passionate about this?
2: Um, I feel that my job in life is to be the person I did not have. And that it's a hard thing because I had great support systems. So that's not like I was talking to kids yesterday about how when I was in high school, I got dress coded a lot. Not because I was like I was always a like actually pretty grounded kid, but I was like this kid wearing spike dog haul. <laughs> like neon red hair and I couldn't understand when I looked back on it why nobody channeled me into fashion like Mm -hmm. why nobody was like hey kid you're real eccentric and you seem to be going home and making clothes so why aren't why wasn't I pushed there and the reason why is because people don't really know how to step back and look at a kid like when they're a handful I mean, really like when as a parent or even a teacher who's with them all the time, you're taxed sometimes with the behavioral issues. And Mm I definitely was a behavioral problem, but it all was rooted in this like whole setup for failure and
0: Mm -hmm. not looking
2: at my strengths creatively. So the kids that I gravitate toward, a lot of the time, I just see this potential to go further than they realize maybe they can go. Um, mm-hmm. And make them chase wild dreams. Like what you're only young wants. Like I have these, mm-hmm. these boys who are really into skateboarding, mm-hmm. but man, it's like, I'm watching like fashion designers some days like in here. Mm-hmm. And I want them thinking outside of the box that way mm-hmm. and chasing passions. And because sometimes if you don't chase the passion and you're creative, you wind up on this other end where you almost like, you're not happy, you're depressed, Mm -hmm. and you actually have a failure to launch. And I see that a lot with these kids, like in my generation, Mm -hmm. there was like a a gap where a lot of these creative kids, they just never got out of college. They never, and you look at them and you're like, why didn't somebody tell them to go to trade school? Like they're good with their hands. Like why, you're not going to get a career painting so mm-hmm. a lot of it came from where I saw the failures for myself in in the mm-hmm. system there there just wasn't mm-hmm. a good way to handle kids like me but really I wasn't I wasn't a problem I was just right. different you know yeah. and really I've gotten to a point where I I really struggle with the term learning disability um because as much as I struggled with my dyslexia um, in academics it really like I it's why I can run a nonprofit the way that I can mm-hmm. and teach kids and understand accounting and get web design it you just have to like grow that a different way
1: mm-hmm. yeah and uh, you had you had called it just learning differently right mm-hmm. like yeah I like that ways. yeah because I I have a learning disability as well but but I mean that kind of like you were saying it, it's not I, it's not that I can't learn. I'm very capable of learning, but it's just, I learn differently. So and, I, I like that. And when I,
2: when eventually I wound up, um, going into a program where I was very self-directed in my education mm-hmm. and w- graduated with honors, wound up graduating a full year early, went mm-hmm. on, had a really successful academic career in college. Like this was not about like not getting it, it was a lot mm-hmm. self-directing. Yeah. So that's the other thing about a makerspace That's very challenging for some people to understand is like the kids are given freedom. So like, they're not, they're supposed to self-direct. Like that's mm-hmm. what you want a child doing. You want to see, because that's how they're going to find passions. Right. Now, if you have a kid just sitting there doing nothing, you have to intervene and mm-hmm. help them direct themselves. But that's one of the things like the kids really have open access to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the success of a maker space is that it, it does require a kid to self-direct. And when they mm-hmm. do that, they self-direct in
1: their passions. Gotcha. So next question, when did you get involved with this and why is it important to community And I know as I'm reading this, I'm like, you've kind of talked about it a little bit, but Um, So when did you get involved? So
2: when I actually officially launched a nonprofit was a year ago but I have been working as an art teacher in Kendall County. Like I worked at the Bernie YMCA when Paul was there. And that's how I started working with Bernie Peace Program. So I do a special needs adults in Bernie too. And I work a lot with the homeschool community um, Mm and private school community, because the thing is where, um, BIC is great and has a lot of resources, you have these like small little private schools that pop up that really serve kids who don't Mm -hmm. necessarily fit in regular population or they're not, they don't, they're not where you have like a a gap is you have the regular population and like maybe they don't require special needs. So these little private schools will pop up sometimes uh, Mm -hmm. really require like some kind of art teacher to come in and teach them Mm -hmm. art. So I was doing that throughout um, Kerr County. Um, I was out in Bandera doing it. So really, and actually what's funny is I started that four years ago. Mm -hmm. And I still have my students. I mean, they drive into Bernie. Um, So, I mean, it's just, it's some of the students I've had since the very, very beginning. They, their parents remember the stories of me talking about how there needed to be an artist collective out here, (laughs) that there needed to be a worthwhile nonprofit for creative kids. and So it's really
1: funny. And and, and here you are doing it. (laughs) Doing it. And they're part of it too. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so this is always kind of like the drag question because it's about COVID. <laughs> but how has COVID impacted your work? And this can be positive and negative. And this one will be really interesting because a- again, you know, you started this nonprofit kind of in the midst of COVID. So that's amazing that you were able to do that.
2: Yeah, well, it, it was an interesting situation because I actually am a very high-risk family. And um, I have mm-hmm. a 90-year-old dad that I am with constantly who he um, is diabetic, has every risk factor possible, but mm-hmm. I personally believe that kids needed to continue to see me. Um, so I never went like, I, I did the first lockdown, like when everybody had to lock down. Um, But was back out there with kids very, very quickly. And so when COVID happened, I I mean, we had already been in the midst of COVID when I had launched kind of the girl thing, Mm -hmm. but what had happened during the process was a lot of the groups I had worked with lost their facilities, like where they had been going in because there was such an issue with like class sizes and really rules, like not everybody had the same rules. So I wound up um during covid taking in into the the basically it was the Girl with Grit studio. It was a little mm-hmm. a little space upstairs on main. Um I started taking in all of the groups that had lost their space. So that's when Bernie Peace program started coming in. And then I started getting in a lot of um, autistic students because mm-hmm. what was happening in really high-risk autistic families, like where you have an autistic kid, mm-hmm. but like there's a parent who really, like really they couldn't be exposed mm-hmm. to COVID. Um, they, ha- they were losing their social skills like so yeah. quickly. So it started to be also becoming just a, like where they'd be doing art classes, but it was more about like, we had all talked and it was really about the social, social interactions. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I mean, even right now we have, um, like typically I'm teaching this class, but with you, I have my teaching assistant downstairs with a mm-hmm. you know, three-year-old boy who's, he's on a feeding tube, his nurses with within mm-hmm. downstairs, we have to be nasty with him. Like even today, right. and we forget about the population still going through this. And, and I deal with a lot of them who they can only see me. I even have to be cognizant of like where I'm at. Um, And if I've been at risk, but what we really did was gave people a home who they had to meet in small groups, they needed Mm -hmm. people masked, um, they needed to socialize or these community groups that were already developed Mm -hmm. who they couldn't like, you know, get back into the YMCA to do art classes or um, so that's when we kind of spiraled into creating the maker space I wound up in June raining downstairs and partnered with Bernie Community Coalition, now Bernie, love Bernie Kids, Mm -hmm. um, and did a summer program um, to help like the the kids who are at risk of not having food Mm -hmm. locally. And from that, it's just kind of now growing more and more into really what is gonna hopefully be a community facility Mm -hmm. for everybody. That's what we're looking for.
1: That's amazing. So thinking about all these resources and events, Um, is there something that you can think of, um, in the community that we're missing? Well, that's been, what's
2: interesting, um, is that I started with one thing that was missing (laughs) and found something else that was very local. Like this is a Kendall County thing that I'm really Mm -hmm. focusing on right now. Um, the bigger picture was like girl empowerment. And then it turned out like, hold on where I live actually needs some better services, so, what I'm hoping um, is to continue to grow the facility to take mm-hmm. because we are waitlisted. Um, I mean, really, like we're full. Mm-hmm. And we would like to be able to um, really develop our trades program with mm-hmm. Brianna Hoonmore. She has been on Motor Trend, she's out, okay. moved out to Blanco, um, mm-hmm. is an amazing welding teacher, fabricator, um, has really earned a name for herself. So really what we're looking at is to grow. Um, And we, a lot of the time need um, people to step up with warehouse facilities so that we can Mm -hmm. run larger programs just because it's like for four hours once a month where we don't require the whole thing. And we feel like our position on main still. So it's just like what I was telling you with the truck, Mm -hmm. you know, having people walk by and engage with the kids is a big thing Mm -hmm. here. Um, so really, that's one thing that that we're missing um, is kind of a warehouse facility where we could mm-hmm. run some stuff. But I think the whole community is kind of missing mm-hmm. just a community facility for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I would argue a maker space. But I also understand it's it's, you know, not every community has to have a maker space, but we do need to have something. Um, For creative kids even a museum um something Mm -hmm. somewhere for
1: us to go yes well it sounds like girl with grit is very much ever evolving as you're seeing things and trying to fill gaps and um but yeah that's i i can definitely see that some sort of community space and and it you know it it can you know be multiple things you know it doesn't need to be just like one or two things it can be a space for many things to to be able to be there so Um, And so what is your favorite part of living and or working in Kendall County?
2: So I thought a lot about this one because there's been a lot of things that I really do enjoy about working um, and being in Kendall County. One of the things is, so I'm originally from Houston. So downtown Houston grew up. I saw a lot. I tried to impact a lot um, when I was there. And in the time that I've been here, like you know, found some group homes that I've been mm-hmm. trying to get in, and I've been working with some of those kids too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's that I can actually feel like I'm making a difference, like in a person's life. You know, mm-hmm. in a big city, it's so overwhelming. Like, and the th- the reality is, nonprofit work is not easy. Like, people who work in in this area, they see things, they hear things that it pains you. Yeah. Um, in some ways, like, especially when you start getting into like group homes and foster care and, yeah. um, like in hearing some of these kids' stories, cause some of them mm-hmm. have some hard stories. It was really overwhelming in Houston. There was just mm-hmm. so much you're like, how do you feel like I'm thick? Fi- how am I fixing this? Am I right. helping? Can I even help? Right. Um, here, I feel like you can, like you don't, mm-hmm. it's, you have the resources, you have the people willing, you have the community, you have the support, you have everything you need to serve the people who don't have what they need. And mm-hmm. that is kind of an awesome thing. Like you can see your impact actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that for everybody in the community, anybody Absolutely. who's working in this community see, gets that. Like you really can see oh, yeah. like, you know, some of like the the kids, um, like I I, that I've worked w- at the retreat, the, a group home here, it's like, I actually know what they need. And, right. you know, you in Houston, it was never, like, you wound up with, like, so many kids, you can't help 50 kids in a group, group right. but you can help them. So,
0: yes.
2: and we have the resources and the people willing. That's been the yes. really, really great thing.
1: Absolutely, I agree 100%. Um, so is there anything that I missed anything else that you would like to discuss about girl with grit?
2: Um, I think we've covered it all.
1: (laughs) I hope it all made sense.
2: It's been
1: a meandering (laughs) tale of a woman with a vision, (laughs) but it's, it's coming, it's coming together. And, and like I was saying, you know, it's ever evolving and you know, you're not just, you know, I I think that's one thing that is amazing to hear is That it's not just, you know, you saw the need for girls, but now you're seeing a need for, you know, it to be co-ed and the fact that you are opening it up and just saying, yeah, let's do this. I see the need, you know, you're not hesitating at all. You're just like, all right, this is what we need to do. Let's do this. That's, that's amazing. And I want to say something
2: with that really quick. The kids mm-hmm. have done all of this, and that is one mm-hmm. thing that I want to really say about this program. They've painted the walls. Our walls are not painted perfectly. They have spackled okay. the nail holes. <laughs> they clean. They organize. They, like, really tell me what they're looking for, what they're mm-hmm. interested in, and that's one of the big things that i feel like this is really kid powered like really like yeah we've now put like a board in and really have board meetings but from the beginning like really this was like kids pushing this forward and so i want everybody to know that that by supporting us you're supporting youth what their vision for what they need, not my vision really it's their vision. i've just given them
1: some of the tools to get there So last question, how can somebody get involved with Girl with Grit or how can they reach out? How can, you know, I know that you were saying that there's a wait list now, but how can they reach out to you?
2: Well, one of the things that we are doing is we're going to start opening Saturdays once a month up to the community um, to get some of those kids in who are on the wait list. And the reason why is we have to bring kids in very slowly into the program Um, we have a bunch of different programs. So we have the Girl with Grit program that's like all girls. We have a homeschool program on Fridays and then we have community classes. And then we also have an entrepreneur's program. But um, basically what we are really trying to do is get kids coming in once a month and learning what a makerspace is is like before entering a program. Um, Because the programs become very like, they're little families. The kids are together quite a bit. And then it's such an open space that you have to like intake the kids in a way that makes them come in confidently with a bunch of kids mm-hmm. who know each other. So what we're going to start doing is giving kids a chance to get those skills in an introductory course on Saturday right. so that they can come into the programs. Um when we decide to grow them and feel like they already know the people, they know the facilities, they know how this works. So we're also running community classes and workshops too, so that those are open to the public, just so they can at least come and experience um, the space. Um, As far as the programs, we are working on uh, bringing a few kids in at a time right now, um, and then hopefully expanding facilities for 2023. That's what we're really looking at.
1: Well, thank you so much for meeting with me today. I really appreciate you uh, spending some time to be able to, you know, talk about Girl with Grit and um, everything that your organization is doing. Um, I'm going to put in the show notes uh, how to contact you. So I don't know if there's an email address or a phone number that you'd yes. like to share. Okay. Let me give you girlwithgrit.com. Girlwithgrit.com. Okay, cool. I will put that in the show notes and thank you so much. All right. Thank you.
0: All right, everybody, we're going to do things a little bit differently from here on out. Before we close out this episode, I wanted to give the opportunity to the listeners to email questions you might have from this episode. Um, also, if you have another topic you would like to learn about from the person we interviewed this month, or if you have a suggestion for a future episode, please reach out through email. You can email me at coalition at cicada.org. That's C O A L I T I O N at sacada.org. Thank you for tuning in to this month's episode of Kendall County Connections Podcast. If you are interested in joining the coalition or being on an episode of the podcast, you can call 210 225 4741. That's 210 225 4741 or email coalition at cicada.org, that's C-O-A-L-I-T-I-O-N at S-A-C-A-D-A dot or check us out on Facebook, search for Kendall County Community Coalition, or facebook.com slash Kendall County Community Coalition. Thank you, we'll see you next time, and stay safe.